Welcome back to another episode of the Startup Therapy Podcast. This is Ryan Rutan, joined as ever by Will Schroeder, Startups.com founder and CEO. Will, you okay with where you're at right now, man? I'm not okay with where I'm at. It's a huge problem. <laughs> Why can't I be okay? <laughs> I know. What is that? What is it with us founders? Like We just constantly have to be chasing something or we're not happy. We're like that proverbial dog in the ball. Like, Got to have something to chase. Or we're just not, not in the mood to be happy. You know... It kind of pisses me off, if I'm being honest, because this whole time I've been working so hard for so long to get to that next milestone, right? You know, kind of right. to get to that uh, that next finish line. And every time I get to that finish line, there's another <laughs> finish line and another yep. finish line. And in, here's why it pisses me off. Like, like I, I love the race to an extent. Yeah. What I don't love is I've never felt like when I crossed the finish line, no matter how amazing it was, you know, like when I sold a company or doing all like the milestone things, and I'm talking business course, that yep. you can do, it never really felt final. Like it never felt like this level up that I always thought it would be. And so I did what every founder does. Just reset the goalposts and <laughs> did it all over again. Move again. To the, exactly the same effect. And at some point... <laughs> At some point, I, and recently, you know, I was thinking about the last couple of years, I'm getting tired of resetting the posts. And, and here's why. Right. Not that I don't love the goals. I love the goals and I love the pursuit. I'm starting to ask myself, when did I ever stop to actually appreciate crossing the finish line? Yeah, yeah. And never. if the answer is never, by the way, it's never. Uh, what the hell was I doing? <laughs> what was the point? Yeah, it's tough. And it's, it's funny for me. I always notice that when I hear somebody else going through this, it's so easy for me to unpack that and see the flaw in the logic. And, right, you, know, right. the, the, you know, it's like, come on, man, slow down. You just did something great. Take a minute to appreciate it. And in the next breath, I'm like, okay, but I got to go because I got to go chase my next thing. down. Right? Like it's the, the amount of hypocrisy involved in that is almost unlimited. For me, it's twofold, right? And again, and, and I don't want to project me onto other people, but I will say that I've seen this in countless other founders. So I'm, I'm, I know that I'm not alone for sure. But, but he, here's where I get stuck. Uh, the whole point of risking everything and taking the amount of effort and in, in, in risk and all these things that it takes to do what we do as founders yeah. seems really pointless if we don't have a mechanism on the other side of it to enjoy it for what we just invested in. Yeah. Right. And I personally, and we can kind of get into this as, as, as we think, think through this and unpack this a bit, but I think there's another side of me that is equally terrified of being okay with that last goal. As if I, if I get off the hamster wheel, yeah. somehow that's, I'm going to be worse off. Like my whole world's going to implode if I don't keep chasing the next thing. And, and it's a dangerous place to be. Yeah, you know, well, it's, it's interesting. If, if you've ever run on a treadmill um, and then you, you jump off the treadmill and you still have that sense of like forward momentum. Yeah. That's how we feel when we stop, right? Like we hit a milestone and we, like we stop running, we stop chasing. There's this kind of, it's not, a, it's not a good sensation, right? You still feel like I should be in motion, but I'm not and it's disorienting. Um, and I think that right. something very similar applies um, when we hit a milestone uh, as a founder within a startup, and then suddenly we, you know, we can stop. Um, but that sensation is just so strange for most of us. I'd like to kind of decouple this as, as two separate kind of concerns. 
One is this whole notion of resting on your laurels. And, and I, I actually, and again, maybe this is part of my problem, but I actually do believe in that concept. Like you shouldn't rest on your laurels. Like you probably should go back and kind of, you know, re-up. Uh, but on the other hand, I'm kind of of the opinion that if you've never really found a way to enjoy any of your accomplishments, what's yeah. the point of the next one? Like if you already know right. that it's going to it's going to be, you know, nonsensical, then again, these are minor goals and or minor efforts to get to them. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's it's spending your whole life to win a Super Bowl but having no way to enjoy the fact that you you won like just waking up the next day saying like yeah. I have to, you know, win the next Super Bowl and that's all that yeah. matters. And it's like, well, at which point does it matter if you could never kind of stop and say uh, where I'm at is what matters, and what's next is great, but it doesn't trump where I'm at. I, I, I don't know how to contend with that. I've neither do I. Uh, the the other thing that's really interesting about that is that because we are typically the ones setting the goalposts too, right? So there's not even like any type of a a, a comparative. There isn't a benchmark uh, that we can look at and say, okay, I, I cross line. Now, I wonder if that feeds into it. The fact that it's like, well, oh, but you know, I set that goal. I wanted to build a company. I wanted to sell a company. Did that, but you know, that was that was that was my thing. And so, I, is there some sense that because it's not defined by anybody else, we can constantly redefine that? And so, therefore, we feel like we have to. Uh, I don't know, but yeah, you're you're absolutely right. That this is one of those behaviors that we immediately reengage in. Right. And this isn't just like, oh, well, I did it twice. No, we've seen this three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times with some founders. Right. And, you know, to your to your point around if it didn't make me happy the first time, why am I chasing? And maybe happiness wasn't what you were chasing to begin with. Um, but certainly you would hope that it would enter the equation at some point, right? Well, let me, Ryan, let me build on this because, you know, I'll give you some personal context here. And again, I, I think uh, some of the folks that are listening uh, can, can associate with some of this and can kind of, you know, dial it into their own world. But here's what threw me off. Uh, when I was a kid, I grew up dirt poor, like crazy dirt poor. And at that point, I just figured if I was anything but dirt poor, life would be Shangri-La. Like that's yep. all I cared about, right? I just want to be able to to live in a house and have access to food. <laughs> it was literally like my biggest dream. And, and at some point that happened, you know, thankfully. And at that point, I was like, well, okay, now what I really need to do is I need to, you know, take what I just learned to kind of feed myself and take it to the next level. You know, I'm, I'm building yeah. a company and this company needs to be X big. And this is like, I, I kind of want to pause here for a second. This is where it starts. Yes. The moment I said the company <laughs> needs to be this big or I need to make this much or I need to, you know, whatever my, my usually arbitrary goal was, I started setting myself up for failure. Not because goals aren't good. Goals are great. Goals are super important. But because... I never had any point where I said, if I get to that goal, then here's how I'm going to fundamentally modify uh, yeah. how I think about goals. Right? <laughs> All I said to myself was, cool, I, I finished this goal. I'm going to swap it out with another goal. And I'm going to swap it out with another goal. And I'm going to swap it out with another goal. And none of them will actually matter. Never ends. And, yeah. you know, as I started to, to kind of grow in my career, you know, I, I, I built an agency and we grew it to hundreds of millions of dollars and we, and we sold it. And then the first thing on my mind, and I see this a lot with, with uh, founders that yeah. have exited, was I have to do it again. Now, to be clear, absolutely no one has ever said, you have to do it again, right? You made that up. Any, any comparison or delusion that we created to think that that was thrust upon us is bananas. It's insane, right? It is. And yet... 
we kind of all do it, right? Uh, I certainly did it. And so I said, I have to build something else. And, you know, as you know, I went out and built eight more companies. And that still wasn't enough. It, right. it, it really frustrated me because at some point, uh, you know, I'm chasing validation. At some point, uh, I'm long beyond, like, trying to feed myself. And so if all of this is self-imposed, right? If, if, if I'm basically putting myself on that treadmill and telling myself I have to keep kind of hitting the, the arrow up faster button, what the hell am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, there's, there's no end game. There's none, right? And it, it won't stop. There's no end game, but why do we all keep doing it? Yeah. Like over and over, every, every person that I meet is, and again, there are some people that have come out of the woodwork, pop up on Twitter that'll be like, hey, you know, I've got it all figured out or I do things differently. I'm super zen in life, which is awesome. I envy you at so many levels. What frustrates me is why can't I be okay with where I'm at? You know, uh, you know, why is that so broken? Where, where do you feel it the most? So if you, if you were to look back at, let's say, let's say post blue diesel, right? So yeah. in, in those moments where you found yourself, you know, nearing that point where, you know, the, the, the exit was complete, the earnout was done. Um, you can see that freedom coming, you know, where was your focus at that point? Like what, what were you feeling in those moments? Was it, I've got to go find something to do. Was it like manic energy or was there already a list of things that you wanted to chase down? Like what, what was the core driver there? Can you go back in time and find it? Yeah. Oh, I know it. Um, I got lucky. Uh, you know, again, it was in, in, I, I hate the word luck for entrepreneurs. Uh, entrepreneurs are fortunate, not lucky. Uh, Powerball winners are lucky. Um, I, I, I looked at it as this was a fluke, which again, happens a lot. Um, and it's funny because there's no way to, to fluke that business. We were in an agency business. You, <laughs> no. You're selling people for time. There's no like special version where people pay you, but you don't actually deliver the product, right? Like, right. You, you have to deliver. It's one of the most complicated businesses there are. Uh, but regardless, you know, I just felt like, hey, uh, you know, I had good fortune. It's a one-off. The only way I can feel good about this good fortune is to replicate it and validate the fact that this wasn't a fluke, uh, which was a broken assumption. But the bigger broken assumption was that I couldn't have just been so happy with what had just happened. And a lot of people don't understand this. A lot of people are like, well, yeah, you know, you you went out and you bought nice stuff and you, you know, you, you were you were rich. And I was like, I get it. And I was totally appreciative and, and I felt, you know, so fortunate. However, what 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 threw me off was okay, so everything just went exactly the way I wanted it to. Right. Why don't I feel more awesome? Uh and and, and I talked to lots of other founders who did exponentially better than I've ever done. They feel exactly the same way. Yeah. And and this isn't just about why can I feel good if things go well. It's really more about why can I feel okay right now? What's always so broken in the right now that I can't wrap my arms around it? It's it's the big question. I'm I'm not sure we're gonna find it, man. Uh, I don't know the answer is the answer's not easy for sure. I'm okay if we don't find it, but but I'd yeah. really like to talk about uh, what causes this. I'd like to talk about kind of um, why we keep coming back, you know, back to start, back to start, no matter how many yep. times, uh, you know, we do something. And the reason I think this is particularly important for uh, for founders is because we are on a very goal-driven uh, plan, right? Over and over, goals after goals after goals. But I think we get into this dangerous uh, routine where it no longer becomes about what the goals accomplish, it just becomes about more goals. Yeah. 
example, if we were to say at the formative stages of startups.com, uh, if we ever get to a million dollars, you know, we'll be able to pay ourselves, et cetera, we've made it. And then we get to a million dollars and we say, cool, you know, we're good. Don't need $2 million. That is almost heretical in startup space. It is. <laughs> this it idea is. that, you know, how could you be okay with where you are if, if the next goal isn't bigger? But Ryan, how often do you hear people say that? Yeah, never, never. But, you know, Why? it's interesting right. is most of the heresy calls would come from people who had yet to hit those milestones. I think that's what's interesting about this is that a lot of the pressure and a lot of the questions, a lot of that, you know, people seeking for you to validate what's already truly been validated. And I want to talk about that in a second. Sure. Um, comes from people who haven't accomplished it yet. Right. It's it, they're, they're looking at you and going, well, man, if you made it to a million, like, why the hell would you stop now? Right. And they're sitting there trying to figure out how to get to, to 10,000 or 100,000. Sure. Uh, and they're like, well, you made it to a million. Why would you why would you squander that talent? Why would you you know, you have, there's so much more potential. Right. And the words that drive me nuts on a constant basis. But um, I thought it was interesting because it's it's something that's been echoed in a number of conversations I've had um, one just a couple of weeks ago with somebody who's close to selling a business. And, and he said, you know, finally, I'll be able to prove that this is a good business. And I was like, man, you've been running this thing for like eight years, paying yourself really well. I know he's paying above market salaries in, in a market that already pays well. I'm like, how was this not already validated as a good business for you? Right. And it right, was interesting right. that you said, right. The reason after, after blue diesel, the reason you jumped right back in was that could have been a fluke. I've got to go validate the fact that I'm a good founder. I'm a good entrepreneur. Right. Um, that shit was already validated, right? You <laughs> built and sold an agency, and yet we're like, no, I got to validate my validation. It's it's not uncommon. That's that that's the problem. There's a type of insanity somewhere in there, right? It, there is, and and so uh, I'll give you a more close to home example. You know, uh, more current for for you and I. Um, you know, we've been running startups.com now for about eight years. And, uh, you know, you and I are really proud of, of what we've done. We've created a, a profitable business uh, that employs a lot of people. Our culture is exactly what we want it to be. Uh, we help hundreds of thousands of startups. I mean, it, it, it checks so many boxes, you know, for what you'd want out of a company. I've got a huge smile on my face right now. <laughs> well, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's great. And, and again, and this is, is it, but this is, you know, where, where the turn is, is um, theoretically, we're there. We set yeah. out to do what we wanted to do. And it's not to say that we'd not want to do anything else. I mean, we'd be bored otherwise. But um, yep. it's almost like there's there's a part of me that says, if we don't make this twice as big, we failed something. Now, here's what kills me. I don't know what we failed, right? If it's not twice as big, I don't know who cares. I don't know why it keeps me up at night. Yeah. And I don't know why I'm supposed to spend the next five to 10 years of my life chasing that goal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but I'm gonna get be kept we up will. at night thinking about it. <laughs> but we will, right? But we will. Uh, and and, and I, I I keep getting to this existential place, not just with our business, but you know, talking to other founders. <clears throat> and what what blows my mind is, no matter what size those companies are, no matter what they've accomplished, they all feel like they're one year or one milestone away from where they were actually trying to get. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I've I've yet to meet, meet any founders that are like, no, I'm exactly where I wanted to be. I, again, I know they exist, and some of you are probably listening to this right now. I'm not pretending they don't exist. Uh, I'm saying as 
a guy who talks to founders pretty much all day long and yep. <laughs> probably more so than most people do. Um, it is not a common narrative that I'm seeing. No, I, no, Brian, no. I, I'd be interested to, to see if it's what you're hearing. Yeah, no, the balance is on the other side of the fence for sure, right? You, you do run into the occasional Zen founder. Um, I would say something though, interesting as I'm going back through my, my history of, of conversations on this topic most of them, I would I would say, were entrepreneurs, not necessarily startup founders. And and I'm not trying to mince words here, but the folks I know who are like, "Yep, it's big enough, it's good enough." Um, they're running more of a you know like a lifestyle business, a nice ATM for them. You know, maybe it's a it's a, an accounting consultancy. Uh, you know, maybe I talked to a guy who's uh, who owns a, a bunch of food franchises a few weeks ago, and he's super happy with where they're where, where they're at. Um, it's that kind of business, right? It's it's not the kind that, that even really has that potential for exponentiality. And, and I wonder if to some degree, it's that exponential potential that we know that, you know, if you're working in a scalable startup, um, that somehow it's it's our duty to scale simply because it can, um, right. if that's part of what drives us, right? Just because it, it could be bigger, um, therefore, it, it better be bigger. It must be, right? I have to do this simply because it can. Um, and, and I think that's a really dangerous trap to fall into. But I would say that when I'm, you know, when I, when I think about the guys that I know or the, the ladies I know who are on that side of the fence where they're like, nope, you know, the business is kind of where it needs to be. Uh, the most recent conversation was a, a real estate broker and, and she was quite pleased with the size of the brokerage and the way things were going. Um, she had found a good life, uh, work life balance. Um, and she was happy with it, right? But there also isn't exponentiality to that business. She's not sure, trying sure. to become Remax. She's not right. trying to become uh, Berkshire Hathaway, right? She's cool with where she's at, and and it's a it's a good business. She's making great money, right? So she's she's also not you know like well you know I'm I'm cool with where it is, um, but you know I got to go clip some coupons now. She's doing fine, right? She's <laughs> she's in a good place, so she's she's earned some breathing room. Um, but again, that. If, if I was talking to somebody with a scalable, you know, let's say a software company or one of the two of us, we probably wouldn't have the same answer, even at the same level of performance, because right. we would assume there could be more for more performance. So therefore we should go chase it. I, I got to tell you, like, and this is just a moment in time for, for me as a founder and in a human, uh, I'm at a point where I'd like my biggest goal over the next few years to have more to do with actually kind of like harvesting and enjoying what we've done yeah, than being constantly worried about what we haven't done. And that, he, here's, here's the, the twist on that. And I'm terrified of that feeling. I'm <laughs> absolutely terrified yeah. of the idea that I might just want to kind of stop and enjoy what we've done um, because I feel like everything, the, the walls are going are, are gonna to close in on us. The, the entire world's going to implode. Oh man, I've watched you try to take a vacation. You're you can't. Yeah, like yeah. I've I've watched you try to do this. It doesn't happen. <laughs> oh well, let's. What was your most recent vacation, man? Let, let's talk about that for two seconds. I think this will give a lot of insight into exactly how well you can hold still. You took a, you took part of a week off recently. What did you do during that week? I, I worked sixty hours a week outside and burned <laughs> about four thousand calories. <laughs> I wouldn't go built an outdoor kitchen. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, I, I'm not a downtime guy, right? Like, I, like, like for me, downtime is taking my energy and doing something that's just different. Um, yep. I can't sit on a beach. I get really anxious, you know, just just staring at the sun. Um, yeah. I don't hate beaches, but in general, I hate being bored. But, but this isn't, boy, 
Ryan, this isn't about so much being bored. This is about chasing um, false idols, right? Like chasing that For next sure. goal that I already know is not going to get me anywhere. Like, it, like my life isn't going to change whatsoever on this next goal. Yeah. But by but in knowing that, right? Almost like uh, you, you're on a game show and you're looking at you know the three doors that you can choose from, and you know all of them are the wrong door, yeah. but you can't wait to choose one. Right? <laughs> It's, it's like i already know you know i already know it's behind the curtain um but but what 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 challenges me is the part where i can't i can't prevent myself from being comfortable getting off that hamster wheel right it's yeah. been so ingrained in me for so long that what i'm built to do is run through walls um that the idea of not doing it is just again heretical right i i, I can't i can't fathom what that would mean and this is the, the conundrum I see lots of founders in. Yeah. Uh, here's a great example, Ryan. Every founder I know has got this idea that I'm going to go and um, you know sell my company for a gazillion dollars and sit on a beach, whatever. And then they go and do it time and time again. And they hate it. Yeah. And we all run into the same thing. The kinds of people that were built to have those types of outcomes, to you know, build something from nothing and, and go through all of that, aren't compatible with the kind of people that tend to like just sit on a beach all day. Right? Like yes. Yeah. The, the two things kind of are diametrically opposed. Not for everyone. I'm generalizing, but for a lot of folks. Yeah, I think it's absolutely true. And I think the, somebody asked me once whether I thought, you know, it was a chicken and egg type question, whether I thought becoming a founder and, and kind of getting into that lifestyle and, you know, getting used to constantly having something to chase made people who then couldn't stop like was it was it becoming a founder that led to that behavior or was it some ingrained behavior some you know the, the personality of that human um and their background that led them to be a founder right was it you know which which one was it um i'm not inclined to believe that it's it's either or i think that there are probably some people who are on either side of that uh, equation but um it it is a very common trait of whether that's learned through foundership or you become a founder because you simply can't hold still. I don't know. Um, but boy, it sure seems to be part of it. I, I want to back up for a second though, because as I was talking about, um, you know, this, this need to need to keep moving, this need to chase. And, and you said, yeah, yeah, but you know, it's, it's really, it's about the false idols. Um, I don't disagree with that at all, but, I also can't easily decouple the two uh, because I think How that so? the one, because I think that the idols come from somewhere, right? The idols weren't, as we said before, they're self-imposed, right? So we created that. So where did that need come from? And I would argue to at least a, an extent that a lot of that is that inability to hold still. So, you know, we're like the, the Looney Tunes cartoon where you've got the, you know, Bugs Bunny sitting behind the dog with the, the hot dog, you know, on a string on the stick so that the dog <laughs> runs forward. But we're the ones holding the damn stick, right? So, I, I can't completely separate those two things in my mind, though, because, you know, if, if this was some third-party thing that was being foisted upon us and said, hey, you are a great founder, we now expect you to go be a great founder some more, then I'd be like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. The, these false idols are being put in front of us, but we've crafted those things by hand ourselves well okay so so think about it like this ryan uh imagine we're balancing complacency with sanity right it, it, it reminds me of this, this con <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah right 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 and so like it reminds me of this concept where you've got two ends of the spectrum one end of the spectrum is fear and the other one is greed yeah my whole life has been based 
99% on fear and 1% on greed. Now, I wish that weren't the case, right? And, and, and I don't mean uh, greed in a bad way. Um, I mean greed as in a passion to go do something. Yeah, a desire. Yeah, yeah. An, an altruistic version of greed, right? Um, the, the Gordon Gecko version of greed. Um, but that, but that's not the way it's gone. Um, and so what happens is when when my uh, desire, my greed to to want to go get to that next milestone or achieve something yeah. or you know have some sort of like you know financial incentive, et cetera, um, when that gets extinguished, which by the way doesn't take much. Uh, it's the fear. It reminds me of, uh, there's this really terrible Stephen King movie like in the 80s or 90s called The Langoliers. And I think it was like a oh, made-for-TV yeah. movie. And yeah, the concept yeah, yeah. of Langoliers was, were these, these these creatures that ate up time. And so you're constantly chasing forward in time so the Lang- Langoliers wouldn't come from behind and eat you. Those creatures are actually called children in real life. They <laughs> eat up time like you can't imagine. <laughs> But like that was always like this 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 concept in my mind that these things were like constant like you know that 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 my fear of the past my fear of like what would happen if I don't keep running forward would come and kind of like take me over. Yep. And in the early days, I think it was a really healthy fear. You know, to the extent fear can be healthy, uh, yeah, it was yeah. a great motivator. You know, I I didn't want to go back to being poor, so I was willing to do whatever it took. You know, however many hours I need to put in, whatever it took in order to move forward. It wasn't a greed thing. It was a total fear thing. Yep. And then at some point, you know, I was okay. I had food in the refrigerator. I had a roof over my head. And I thought, uh, okay, well, now I'm going to be greedy. And again, greedy in a good way. Greedy in like, hey, you know, let me go thirst for life and, and, and go after things. Yep. But you know what? Uh, it never really manifested. You know, that, 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 that greed never really became a thing. Uh, it continued to be fear. And so when I'm balancing complacency with sanity, Really, what I'm saying is, uh, I'm at a point where I know the sanity part that I can probably just be okay. But I'm terrified by this complacency idea. These Langoliers coming after me, right? That that if I'm complacent, the whole world is going to like take over and, and eat me alive. That that I'll be I'll, I'll be uh, worth less, worth less, or validated less, or or any of these really kind of made up things. Um, and I, th- I think that psychology is fascinating because it makes it really hard for us just to stop, you know, just to take a moment and be like, dude, I'm okay. Yeah. Now, the fear piece is, it's such a tough one to wrangle because there's, there's such a flaw in, in a piece of the logic there and, and we're all guilty of it. And that's that there's a few things, right? So one is like the, 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 the champion mentality, right? So I've achieved it. I did the thing I wanted to do, you know, whether it was just to build the company and, and develop stable revenue or, you know, build it and sell it, whatever it was, we've achieved that thing. Um, and now we get this champion's mentality that somehow now that was, now I'm the champ, but now I have to defend that. Right. And that's kind of what you were talking Great about point. before, yeah. after, after Blue Diesel. Right. So the idea that my reputation isn't concrete in that sense, right. I've, I've achieved something now, but I could undo that or that could be undone. The, irony here is that the the very thing that we go and do next is the thing that's most likely to destabilize us which is to go and start something else right <laughs> like sure. hey i want to make sure i don't lose any of this gold i've amassed right let me right. go do the most risky thing i can think of right like uh, so and yet this is the behavior that most founders engage in um so there is there is something deeply and I'll, I'll say it beautifully flawed about all of us, I think, but, oh man. All right. So let me say this. 
my concern is that I don't see enough of the the founder narrative. You know, the founder narrative to me, like the the, the uh, you know the, the the version that I see is when we're we're two of us are sitting in a room or you're at a cocktail party and someone says, "Hey, you know, I'm actually." good with where I'm at. You know, I, like, uh, I don't really care if we grow the business this year. I don't, I don't yeah. really care if we had more people. I just, uh, I just want to be happy. And I gotta tell you, I, I've, you know, been doing this a long time. I've never seen someone say that. I, I mean, I would, I would, I would give them a giant, well, maybe not a COVID hug. I don't know. I don't know what you do. Like a, a fist bump. I don't know what it is, but I would give us some, you know, a current embrace. If someone would just break down <laughs> and say that, um, in some sort of founder setting. I think in this case, you're allowed to hug. I think, I think you're allowed to break the rules at that point. Social distance isn't a thing. If somebody actually transcends okay. to that <laughs> level of founderdom, they get a hug. Okay. So, but, but this is, this is, you know, uh, you know, where, where I'd like to just spend a little bit of time if we would about, um, how a big challenge that we face as founders is being okay with where we're at is setting a goal and say, Hey, I'm here. Like my, my goal right now is to stay here is in, in, yeah. in heaven forbid, enjoy it. <laughs> to actually be happy with where we're at yeah 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 uh you know it's 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 tom brady winning a super bowl going in there hey tom what are you gonna do next like, dude i just want a super bowl like i'm gonna yeah. actually enjoy being the guy that won a super bowl right and like right. that's what i'm gonna do next and I, I i i don't see enough of it i'm not saying it doesn't exist again billions of people I and mean, they all have their own path but i'd like to see more of it i'd like to see more of it myself you know <laughs> i'd like to see more of it with other founders um and and I, I think it would be a really healthy kind of Zen movement amongst us to be able to say where I'm at is where I want to be right now. Uh and and not have to defend that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I I I have the uh, to show how deep this goes. Uh I have I had a conversation probably about a month ago now. Um, where a a friend of mine who runs a fairly large company, $20 million annual. And he came and, and he was talking about, uh, one of his mentors, uh, you know, from that he's had for 10 or 15 years, uh, was, was giving him some praise. And as he's telling me this, I'm thinking, oh, that's really nice. This guy reached out, you know, he's giving kudos. At the end of this, my friend goes, you know, I just hate patronizing shit like that. <laughs> I was like, wait, <laughs> what? Like, how deep does this go within us that even when somebody else comes and tells us, like, you're doing a good job and you built a great business, like, he took this as this guy patronizing him. I'm like, how dare you? Man, how dare you tell me I've done a good job, you bastard? You trying to slow me down? You trying to hurt me? All right. Oh, it was unreal. But here's another side of it. And it's something that, you know, as I, I rewind back and look at different stages of my life, um, what I'd wish somebody maybe give me a little bit more guidance on, and again, this is part of the reason we do this podcast. I hope somebody else picks this up. I kind of wish at different stages of my life, I kind of said, look, right now, yes, I have some more goals in mind, but right now I'm going to basically harvest the value of the goals that I just accomplished, right? Yep. For example, you're 27 years old and you say, you know what? By all means, like I'm setting some stuff up for what I'm going to do in my 30s, but right now I'm going to really gonna enjoy being 27, right? It just... For six months, a year, I mean, the time period doesn't matter. So the point is you do it at all. Um, I'm 45. Like, this is actually probably a pretty good time to just enjoy the fact that I've got a happy, amazing family, uh, yep. you know, that that business is good, my friends are good, my health is good for a second, um, you know, like, and just enjoy it. But I'm probably not going to. <laughs> if not now, when? 
You're probably not going to, but yeah, I mean, like, if not now, when, right? Like, what, what conditions would possibly change to make it better, easier, more acceptable, whatever, right? Like, and I think that's, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot to be learned from the practice of mindfulness here, which is just to be okay with the present. That's the whole point, right? To be present, be in the present, and to be okay with it. Um, it does not seem to be a core skill of the, the, the current day founder. Um, you know, farmers figured this shit out a long time ago, man. They plant the same thing every year. Then they harvest the bounty. <laughs> then they enjoy it. Then they rinse and repeat, right? They're not trying to make it bigger and better and different every year. Like they just, like they know what they need to plant. They know what they need to harvest. Uh, and then they reap the rewards and they do it again. Um, we don't seem to have that. There's one other aspect to this I just want to dig into for a second, which is, you know, how the the disposition of leadership rolls down throughout the rest of the organization. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? And so, uh, you know, I've seen with other organizations where, where the leadership is just like, it's a, it's a kill yourself mentality, just like, you know, uh, run, 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 we have to hit these goals, whatever. It gets pushed down to everybody. And now the entire organization is totally miserable, right? Everyone's yeah. miserable. And the idea is that there's some amorphous mythical outcome that we'll get to. By the way, they never get to it. You know, yeah, maybe the IPO, maybe they do something like that. Yeah. It rarely ever happens. Um, and yet everybody gets pulled through the ringer altogether, right? Um, my, my point to this is, as founders, we have to be exponentially mindful of our, you know, kind of mentality and approach and how that gets, you know, rolled into the organization and everybody sure. else's approach. If, if I feel constantly uncomfortable, I'm going to make everybody else constantly uncomfortable. And now sure. I got to start to think of like really what the exponential effect that has of everybody that I'm working with. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. I mean, even if you look at that from a slightly different angle and you say that even if it wasn't negative energy being passed down and dissatisfaction, it may be, I'm, I'm trying to go back in time now and see if I've ever been susceptible to this, but it may be the case that because, you know, obviously as the founder, these decisions impact us differently, right? If we decide to slow down as a company, let's, let's take startups as an example. Um, you know, part of what we sell uh, to people that want to come on board is this, this vision that, you know, we are out there, we're chasing down our startup dreams and we're helping sure. to build a better startup universe. And we've got all these things we want to accomplish, right? Now you've got an entire team. Let's say, let's say it's the opposite of being depressed or sad. They're hyper motivated. They want to go sure. out and, and win battles and, and, and do great shit. And then all of a sudden the founder's like, you know, maybe we just pump the brakes a little and be happy with where we're at. You know, this momentum built up behind you. It's like, yeah, it's like a train at this point. Yeah. 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 So that now you feel again, like, cause there are these times where we feel like we have to do this, right? Because we told somebody we could once, right. And they don't remember that, but we said, yeah, we're going to make this a hundred million dollar business. So therefore now we said it once and so now we have to do it or we're frauds right. or we're charlatans or something else. Um, you know, you got a whole team motivated. You don't want to lose that momentum. You don't want to lose the motivation. I, I think that momentum is one of those really, really, dangerous concepts within a startup we in the beginning we have to work so hard to achieve it um and then later uh in the business after we've achieved it and things are going well uh you know i i i think we you know we become controlled by it to some degree and we feel pushed forward by that momentum um and it's no longer a force that we're trying to create it's it's perhaps even when we're trying to resist just so we can be okay with where we're at right right uh it in I guess that's, you know, the source of my frustration is that I, I think about how uh, we're constantly pulled, particularly in startups, and it's not isn't always yeah. in the rest of our lives, but certainly in startups, we're always pulled to this next destination that is never now. It's, it's <laughs> wherever we're at now just doesn't matter. 
but we're always pulled to this next destination because, quote, that's what startups do, right? And startups are supposed to grow up and to the right. That's the only way we work. And and I think there's some value in in some of those goals. I'm not trying to be anti-growth. But what I am saying is those goals need to be qualified and quantified. We can't just say up and to the right is always better. Maybe up and to the right isn't better right? You know, or said differently, maybe that next goal we're trying to get to, actually, we haven't played out whether or not we're better off for it. It's just bigger than what we have now, right? I, I, I think it's a dangerous mentality. 100%, right? You know, I, we've we talked about this in, in another podcast, where we talked about growth for the sake of growth and how dangerous that mindset can be. Um, and it's, it's a piece of the same puzzle we're talking about. I had a, a reflection once of my own where I realized, um, you know, I, didn't understand why necessarily, but I, I absolutely came to the realization that for me, the pursuit of something is when I'm happy. The completion of it, I become satisfied. Like there's satisfaction in the completion, but there wasn't happiness in the completion. Sure. And for me, I, I'm, I'm putting happiness higher on the pillar than 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 satisfaction, right? And so sure, I get that. you know, and I think that's a big part of what motivates me back into to do the next thing and, and try to make it bigger, try to make it better, um, because it's the pursuit where I'm I'm happiest. Ironically, it's also where you're the least happy, right? It's that ebb, flow, rise and fall, um, up and down of, of being a founder. Um, but the happiest of the happies were during the pursuit, um, whereas then agreed. Once it happens, it's just, it's done. I think there's also some sadness to that, right? <laughs> like, I've achieved it now. It's over. <laughs> Nobody likes that feeling. I've always been a huge video gamer, right? Yeah. And my saddest moment in a video game is when I've realized I've already won, right? Regardless of whether yeah. I got to the end, like, like yeah. once I have the biggest gun or the biggest stats. Your character's leveled up all the way. Your tech tree's done. You're like, now what the hell do I do? Exactly. Right, right. And so so it's it's in the early stage when you're running around for one looking for one bullet and one gun or or, or the uh, uh, the knife. For some reason yep. every character at the beginning of a game always has the, the, the most useless weapon, but whatever. Yep. Um you you kind of get to a point where like you're you're super excited to hit those those milestones, and that's awesome. And I agree that that you know when you get to that kind of end game, it's always kind of bittersweet. It's never what you thought it would be. Uh, right. you know, you start back up and do the next thing. The only difference is, you know, as you know, Ryan, our lives aren't games and we have real costs <laughs> uh, to, to saddling back up and doing it again. Um, yep. Often we're drawing energy from a lot of other places that are probably pr- uh, missing that energy from us, that, you know, that, that time, that, that, uh, that, that energy that we can give. And I think if we're, if we're constantly trying to like fill a bucket that doesn't need to be filled, um, there's consequence there. And that actually genuinely concerns me. 